Hello, thanks for checking out today's Foot in Review. We couldn't make this show without you and your fantastic support, but if you fancy going one step further, why not check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash foot in review. We offer a range of rewards and benefits with all levels receiving Discord access and episodes of the show without this very advertisement. However, we understand that times are tough, and if you can't back us financially, then simply spreading word of the show or leaving us a review wherever you listen will be super appreciated as it will help us grow. In particular, we'd like to thank our Skybox holders, Paul, Amma, Daniel, and Mehdi, for their exceptional support. Hello, footies. Welcome along to your tri-weekly dose of FIFA Ultimate Team podcasting goodness. We are foot in review powered by footcoaching.com. My name is Dan Wimbush, otherwise known as Wimby. Stay with us over the next hour or so because we've got lots to get into. We've got a brand new set of pitch notes. We've got fresh content. We've got a new team of the week. And we're going to be talking FIFA conspiracies. All that plus the mailbag and much, much more. I'm delighted to say I'm joined this week by a man whose title changes every week, but I'm sticking with Honorary Vice President for Life associated esquire aaron glue aaron good evening my friend all i need is like a couple of letters after my name now like i've got a degree in fifa coaching uh and i think we're done but yes thanks dan what a great introduction it's nice to be here you've got a master's at the university of life <laughs> yeah that is true definitely <laughs> and a very happy newcastle fan as well but we'll get on to uh, real football shortly uh, because I'm also, we are also joined, sorry, tonight by a foot in review debutant. He is a man, a loyal member of the Discord. It's great to finally have him on the show. We've been playing a bit of ping pong, trying to get <laughs> trying to get you on the show. But Tim, aka Brooksky, joins us this evening. Tim, welcome to the show. Hi, Dan. Hi, Aaron. Lovely to be here. Uh, you've got a most average FIFA player possible representing on the podcast tonight. Hey, look, we we that is what we do. We do best. We do average. We aspire for greatness. But, you know, <laughs> we, we settle for whatever we can get. But no, look, great to have you on. Before we delve into lots, let's just quickly find out a little bit about you. So first of all, the key question that's going to decide the rest of the tone of this podcast, what is the team you support? I am a Liverpool fan. I'm sorry. <laughs> Aaron, what do we think about that? It's better than an Everton fan. Yeah, well, that's got to be agreed. Like just... Controversial. Where's, where's the Everton dislike come from, Aaron? Um, I don't know. I'd be honest. I think it's only recent, and I think it's because of the maybe it's the ping pong between the Newcastle Everton fans a little bit. I think some of the games past few seasons have been quite tight. Uh, I think they think they're a bigger club than they are. Uh, we're now a bigger club than we thought that we were, um, and I'm just you know, yeah. I think there's a bit of bitterness from their side. They're like actually, they're like. The Merseyside Mackhams. That's also Ooh. the other the other side to this. So Toffees are Toffees are deserting us in our droves. We're not getting sponsored by Werther's Original. <laughs> um, Come on, they, they 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 all know it. They all know it. Okay, well, look, please direct your hate to uh, watch it, Coach Aaron, <laughs> on on Twitter. Come I, on, I've got, I've got nothing. You know, I, I, I love Liverpool and Everton equally. I will say, um, such but, a sit on the fence answer. Absolutely. You know, I've got splinters everywhere. Uh, <laughs> Tim, back to, back to you though. First FIFA. Oh man, um, ninety nine probably. 
the like first, it. Yeah, the first one I really played a lot was 2004. And what is your current console of choice? It's the Xbox Series S. Good man. Yeah. Good man. We like to hear that. We like Xboxes over here. So look, great to have you on the show. We've got lots to get into, so let's plow on. As mentioned, we had a, you know, we were going to talk about a couple of different like features, and then around about five o'clock today, EA just casually drops a pitch note, and we've got to delve into this because I think these notes, gents, have already divided the FIFA community because the main thrust of the changes is based around pressure and the pros and cons of using it and trying to now defend against it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read out the key points of base around pressure. And there are other areas addressed as well, but we'll start with the pressure front. So it says, we've made the following changes. When playing against a team using constant pressure, your AI teammates will attempt to more actively provide shorter passing options. When a CPU-controlled defending player applies constant pressure to the ball carrier but does not win the ball back, they can take longer to track back. And it's noted that this will have no impact on human-controlled players. It's also decreased stamina decay by 11.7% for constant pressure, press after possession loss, and press on heavy touch defensive custom tactics. And in some cases, ball carriers are now more likely to maintain possession of the ball when pressured from behind by a defender. So Aaron, your overall thoughts on this shift to pressure and what it's going to mean. Let, let's start from the point of view of someone applying that pressure. Do you think this is a good or a bad thing for them? Uh, it's a bad thing um, based on the circumstances I'm visualising in my head. Um, it's offset by a small marginal win that you can apply pressure for 11% longer in games. Although its accuracy is going to be diminished a little bit. So if I go to the last point around the uh, ball carriers are now more likely to maintain possession when pressured from behind by a defender. So what I'm thinking is if I play the ball up to the edge of the box where striker receives it back to goal, what often happens is the defender just basically steams in and gets it. So that's less likely to happen now. So that's a bit of a win. Um, it will mean less pressure or effective pressure from defenders playing that particular way. And I'm, I'm cautious because at the moment I'm just reading it rather than actually playing it in game. So I can't I can't say how big an impact it's necessarily going to have. There are some other factors as well to consider. Um, and I think, uh, again, the first couple of points um, around uh, passing options, I think that's that's effective. You could trigger it with your own custom tactics if you had a possession one anyway. It would, And you can trigger shorter runs from players. So... I guess if you don't do that in your game, it's going to help you. So that's a win. As long as you use them, if you're still playing direct, it's going to make no difference. Um, and actually, what I would say is sometimes when under pressure, I would actually play more direct because the AI players overcommit. So they're already committed to a tackle. And if you can move your player in the right direction, you've got such a clean run on goal. It's it's really effective. So that will, I think will help some players, um, when a control defender applies pressure, does not win the ball back, they can take longer strike back. So that's like um, second man press, partial team press, I think, is going to be where it's affected. So oh. I'm interested. That's, that's again, because I think when you come up against players who apply constant pressure, second man press, um, you can just feel very overwhelmed. So I think it's going to nerf some of that and give an advantage to the player facing it. So I uh, I don't play with any pressure on my tactics. So for me, this has zero impact. 
but I'm relieved to an extent. But for those who play like this, yes, there's going to have to be some adjustments in their play. Tim, what was your initial reaction when you read this? Do you think, oh, that's good. That's going to help me out. Or do you think, oh, no, that's uh, that's not good? Mixed feelings for me, Dan. Um, like Aaron, I just use balance from pretty much all of my tactics. So I thought, well, this isn't going to really affect me. In fact, it might make my life a little bit easier. Um, I do. I mean, I usually use the R1, RB button to call the defender if I've got the ball with the goalkeeper and I can see that the, every single defender is being marked. Uh, it's just so unrealistic. and I still can't believe it happened. So I'm hoping that fixed it a bit. But I use the yeah, R1, RB, draw a defender nearer. And even before now, the attacker wouldn't follow as quickly as a defender would come to you. So it's normally a bit of a an out there. But what really worries me is the fact that they've dropped the the stamina decay. So they've, they've made it so you can play constant pressure from probably like 60 minutes in. Um I guess they're trying to help people who are down maybe 2-3-0 and, and, and won a couple of goals. But yeah, that, 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 that does make me a little bit concerned, I must admit. Yeah, I think that was the standout thing for me because, of course, in one of the previous notes, they had talked about, you know, they had, but you know, reduced it. They'd reduce, uh, sorry, they'd increased stamina decay. So why, quite why they're walking back on that, I'm not sure. I also love that it's like 11.7%. I, I, I would love to know how they've come up with that exact number. What was wrong with 11.5 or 12? Um, but I think overall, I think you've, you both kind of made good points and hit the nail on the head. I think this will be good because if you are under that constant pressure, yes, you might be under it for longer. But by the sounds of it, the fact that your players are, are going to naturally come closer and offer more passes is going to let you get out of it. And also, I like the fact that the players that are pushing you are no longer going to be able to rush back on mass, seemingly with no consequence. So it should be now possible if you're good at triggering those runs, you should be able to escape it. But with things like, like you would see in real football, long balls over the top, long balls down the line, things like that should hopefully, and you won't have to deal with this magnetic wave of defenders who have been one minute, five yards inside your half, suddenly appearing in the edge of their own box as if they've got a teleporter. So <laughs> that was my kind of main take home from this. Um, the standard decay is confusing, but I suppose if the if the whole tactic is less effective in general, I think that's really going to help players out and should balance things a bit. Again, with all of these notes we're going to read, it's the you know the, the proof is going to be the pudding. We'll have to see how it how it figures itself out when we actually come to gameplay. And Aaron, I, I do like. It, sorry, go on. on. No, I was going to jump in and say I think again it's paying attention to the, some of the language in the update. So they they use terminology. So bullet point two, it says they can take they can take longer to track back. So it's not saying in every instance that they'll take longer to track back. It might be have more of an effect on some players. Um, their uh, work rate, for example, so if they got lower work rates, uh, defensive work rates, it might be that they ain't going to track back as much. And um, there might be other factors that come into play on that later in the game, stamina, etc. Um, and then in the bottom one. And uh, the ball carriers, uh, is it that one? Are now more likely, or in some cases, ball carriers are now more likely to main possession. So they're not telling which instances it is. So it's kind of sometimes I've got to think you've got to proceed with caution once reading. I think you need a lot, good few games to really see what the impact is. I wouldn't necessarily overly panic if you do pressure. I think the one that probably is going to need to be more cautious is the second man press or the team partial team press. 
because again, with combined with constant pressure, you would have all faced it. That person from the get go, it just, it just feels like they've got three, four players around you, you can't get anywhere. I think that's the one that I think will mean actually, if the AI player misses, you've maybe got a bit more space to manoeuvre, plus with players coming towards you. Um, so it's a, it's a, it sometimes creates a lot of hysteria, but I'm not, I don't see anything hugely game changing. Yes, we'll get a feel for it once we get into some games, I think. Absolutely. And look, if you are a member of our Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash foot in review, you get Discord access. And as part of that access, you get to listen to the show live as it is being recorded. T-Wiz is one of those who is listening in live. And he said, so they're kind of admitting that high pressure impacts the way the other team AI acts. It certainly felt that way. This week suggests that that was an accurate feel. He's also added a lack of stamina impacting gameplay has been minimal in my experience, to be honest. Tim, can you sympathise with T-Wiz there? Yeah, yeah, I can actually, to be honest. Uh, it does seem like whatever um, pressure people put on, the players don't seem to have, be that much affected by it. Uh, that's been my experience anyway. If I've been down a little bit in a game and I really want to get the win, I have occasionally put constant pressure on, and I must admit, it's really not... I've not felt uh, much of a difference to Smolarecki still still manages to make those blistering runs and yeah it doesn't doesn't win me back the game necessarily but it makes me feel better. Yeah. I think this it is pressure is a, is a very valid thing. It should be, you know, all teams do it if they're chasing a game. If this needs to be a tactic that is somewhat effective but the you know the big debate in the FIFA community has always been about well how much can you do it without you know, and what should the penalty be for doing so? So, yeah, it looks like they are tweaking that balance. But as we've said, it you know, the proof is going to be when we play a few games, you know, probably for a few weeks and see how that actually impacts things. And as usual, I'm sure the community will figure out some way to uh, exploit it or, you know, counteract it. So we'll see how that works as well, because there's only so much they can do in pre-testing. Uh, lots of other notes coming out of this patch as well. I think mostly positive, I think overall. One of the big ones... They've they've addressed the fixed the well, they claim to fix the issue where the radar disappeared during games. Massive thumbs up for me, gents. I'm sure you'd say the same. Simple but effective and definitely needed. So yeah, good win. Indeed. Yeah, they've also addressed the following issues. When chasing lofted through passes, defenders could incorrectly slow down at times. Tim, have you experienced that? Uh, I can't say that I've noticed it, but I think I will probably notice it once it's been fixed. Yeah, we'll see if our, all of our defenders turn into roadrunners for those lofted through passes. Uh, they've addressed further instances of the ball unintentionally falling back to the attacking player after a defender makes a tackle. Aaron, I can't imagine anyone's going to complain at that. Yeah, but but again, I think there's an element of perception versus reality here. There is not an issue with the issue of attackers like uh, winning or like winning the ball back or players winning the ball back off once defenders make a tackle. Primarily attackers. It's not as bad this year as it has been previously, but people will always go to it and be like, oh, the game. But I also put that down to the player because just because you've hit tackle doesn't mean you are guaranteed to win the ball and based on the mechanics of the game, it doesn't guarantee. I I always hold LT uh, whilst I'm tackling anyway because that actually is a better way to tackle. But that pretty much guarantees if you tackle and you're holding that, you're gonna kind of not gonna suffer instances of people winning the ball back. It's happened occasionally, but not a lot. So that helps. So, but it's not gonna. It's they're not changing the fundamental mechanics of the game now, where your attacker is or your defender is going to win every single tackle. 
That's not what this is saying. And again, it, it's being kind of just, uh, it says addressed further instances unintentionally. So it's going to be circumstantial. There'll be other factors. So I might just be word of caution. Don't log on to the game and think, oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to fix that problem completely. It won't, but it will improve in some. So again, just look out for that and make sure you're as a player doing everything you can to help secure the ball with your tackles. They've also said during kickoffs, teams with a high defensive line could push up too closely to the centre of the pitch. This is a problem I face all the time with the sheer number of kickoff goals I concede. Um, Tim, something that affects you at all? Yeah, it always seems to be Payette as well. It's the same player every time. <laughs> I, I never struggle against Payette with anything else but kickoffs. He must have scored four against me the last few weeks. Yeah, so hopefully that, uh, you know, that might, and again, as Aaron said, with with the whole thing, it's going to be situational. But I think overall, I can see the logic behind that change. Um, a couple of more sort of unusual ones. Well, not unusual, but ones that not a lot of players will probably have experienced too often. But it says, in some cases, using player lock when playing with customized controls could result in unwanted requests being performed. I mean, I, I don't know if that's ordering you a pizza or... Uh, turning the heating on, something like that. <laughs> the one um, underneath, the one underneath, way better because I've never seen that. Yeah. Okay. This says uh, <laughs> when locking onto a player without the ball, the CPU ball carrier could perform unwanted skill moves or passes. Yeah, I've never seen that. I, I wish I had seen that because that would be great. You know, put your what, feet what up. skill moves is it deciding to do? I mean, that's just amazing. Just freestyling. Just, just rainbow flick over. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and Scorpion kick it into the net. I feel like maybe that would have, uh, like maybe that would have helped me more. Exactly. <laughs> I should have been using player lock more often, yeah. Perform the skill moves better than me. Yeah, give the ball to Mbappe, player lock onto my goalkeeper and let him do the rest. Um, the, they've also said they've addressed instances of some animations not playing correctly when there is physical contact between two players. Again, Tim, I mean, that's a hard one to to nail down when that's happening with this whole hyper motion too. Yeah, it's, it's one of those that I just think once I start playing, I might notice the difference more. Um, there's a few of these changes actually looking down where I think, oh, I didn't realise that was that much of a problem. And then as soon as it's fixed, you, you realise, oh, yeah, actually, this is why um, this has been happening all this time. And I think that's another one of those. Yeah, this is where they, you know, and we might well see it in the next coming days. And sometimes on top bins, uh, you know, they will release like a video and show examples. I think they did one when they made tweaks to aerial through balls and their accuracy recently. They they had like a side-by-side -side comparison. So hopefully they'll, you know, have some of these examples for us. Uh, they've also said, and I think this is a great quality of life one, if this is fixing what I think it's fixing. It says, in some cases, a quick free kick could not be taken and transitioned to a traditional free kick. Now, I think I experience this a lot where you get that weird animation where a free kick's given and then the game kind of continues, but it doesn't. Aaron, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I definitely do. I almost feel like it's, yeah, you do want to take it quickly. It's like, it's stopped, right? Okay, let's go. I want to play a quick pass in. And it's like, yeah, we're just loading the animation. And then you get like a free <laughs> kick from 40 yards out and you're like, well... What am I doing here? Because I can't score from here. So I'll just lay it off to me centre-back and off I go. Yeah, that seemed like a very odd one because they'd absolutely nailed the whole quick free kicks in FIFA 22. So again, hopefully that's fixing that. They've also said sometimes a semi-assisted through pass could incorrectly be hit out of play. Uh, Tim, not something I've experienced particularly often, but I mean, I just usually blame my players. 
<laughs> I usually blame myself, Dan. Um, I think this has happened to me once, and it just seems so such a random. Just, this is nowhere near where I was pointing the stick. Um, but again, I can't be reliable enough to say that that wasn't me making a, a silly average player error there. <laughs> I mean, look, again, fixes like that are always welcome. Uh, they've also removed heading animations that could unnecessarily occur when a player was requested to perform a header but was not in contention for the ball. They've also said in some specific situations, CPU AI could not win the ball back if the human control player was shielding the ball. I think that's just squashing another AFK squad battles glitch. Um, They've said they further adjust instances of ball carries running over the ball when making a dribble. Uh, In some cases, CPU AI goalkeepers could perform an unintentionally poor pass from a goal kick. In rare situations, after receiving a pass, the ball carrier could have been momentarily unresponsive. Uh, again, I, I just blame my players when they do that, but apparently it's, it's an actual thing. Uh, and this is the next one I want to pick, pick your brains on, chaps. Improved referee logic when making foul decisions in situations where the offending player quickly moved away from the ball carrier and also improved referee logic when making foul decisions regarding slide tackles. Aaron, is that making referees better i mean the first point seems a bit specific but the second one do you think slide tackles have been either unduly lenient or unduly harsh yeah it depends if you're watching the premier league or the world cup really because in the world cup everything (laughs) went so it seemed like they were aligned to that but uh premier league definitely not this is needed to be fixed from day one um some of the fouls you could get away with were absolutely ridiculous um I just hope it doesn't go too far the other way now. But again, like I'm not a massive slide tackler. And overall, I don't seem to face huge amounts of them. Um, but I, it, I'm pleased that they fix it because a lot of the community, a lot of people I'll talk to always talk about this being just like, why is this taking so long to fix? So glad it's finally there. Tim, what did you think? Have referees been too lenient or too harsh in this game? Uh, they've been far too lenient. I'm really pleased with this change. And, and hopefully, like Aaron said, they they strike the right balance. Um, I must say, I've, I've, con- I've been the victim and the aggressor in far too many lenient free kicks. <laughs> and, and there's times where I've, I've made a slide tackle with Roberto Carlos and just thought, I should not have got away with that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I think I'll, I'll have to adjust the way I, I tackle now. But no, this is a really needed change. Excellent, excellent. The honest, the honesty you've got, Tim, is so refreshing on this show because we're all like, you know, we're we're all trying to hide our flaws. Uh, <laughs> you're throwing your hands up and saying, "No, it's me." So you know, we're, we like the honesty. We like the honesty. We'll have you back. Um, right. So that just about wraps up the main things from the pitch notes. Again, there's a couple of other little graphical things and bits and pieces. Again, you can read the notes in full if you go to EA Direct Communications. It takes you to the page. I'm sure John will have a few thoughts on this when he's on Friday's show obviously leading the guys over at foot coaching and he's a bit more sort of into the weeds when it comes to very specific gameplay elements. So, and especially once the patch is out, I'm sure John will have a much deeper analysis, but those are our initial thoughts on that. Moving on then chaps to today's content. I don't want to spend very long on this because quite frankly, today's content is a bit pants. There's an 83 by 10 SBC that has made 85s go extinct. So GG's if you listen to our trading show and invested in them this week. Otherwise, we had Raul Garcia yesterday, a very, very generic card that I can't imagine anyone is actually going to do to improve their team. Team of the Week came out as well. And 
Tim, just when you thought last week's team of the week was a new low, this is this is just so bad. <laughs> I think most of the players here have got specials as well. That like Casemiro and Kane, their specials have got much more boosted pace than these cards. And yeah, it's just okay. There's some higher ratings than last week, but there is nothing that's going to make me want to open team of the week packs. Aaron, we are one hour, 42 minutes since this team has been released and there is not a single player above 92,000 coins. Uh, that That's just a reflection of team of the week in general, really, isn't it? Uh, it's died a death for the past few years. It is well in need of a reboot. Um, I think, uh, yeah, you think you play, you're going to play weekend league, like thinking, oh, what a red pick's going to be. And you're not even going to be remotely bothered, are you? Like, there's <laughs> nothing in there. The only one I'm slightly attached to is Sawloft because of his original card when Lengthy out, outdid the explosive and uh, everyone had him in his team. Everyone feared facing him. For that first month, he was like, he was like, you know, him and Harland were just horrendous to face. Uh, his card looks you know, okay. It's, it's probably still behind the power curve. No one's going to use it, but I, I, you know, it's a bit of nostalgia from this makes me think, oh yeah, that would be quite good. Um, but aside from that, it's dead. Yeah. I mean, look, there are a couple of usable cards in this. I think Anderson Talisca, um, especially if we get a special Ronaldo card might be one. I mean, he's, he's always a good fun card to use. Uh, Jules Kunde, initially everyone thought, oh, great, an 87 rated Kunde. That's fantastic. 87 pace. It'd be great to play as a centre-back. Unfortunately, he can only play right back and right wing back. So that's why he is uh, under 100k. And like like you mentioned, I mean, there's an Acuna card, which is okay. But again, he can't actually play left back. He can only play left mid, left wing, and left wing back. And he can't play CDM, which is where everybody actually wants to play him. So... Yeah, pretty uh, pretty bad all around. And yeah, not anything you're going to be particularly excited to open your Team of the Week pack or your red picks from. But we have had a question in again to the Discord from the King of the North, Ingvi, just picking up on this Team of the Week. And he says, looking at second in form Casemiro and comparing him to the same rated Team of the Tournament card, do you think EA is taking away the fun with Team of the Week by protecting the power curve too much? And Tim... I think what he's, he's talking about, because if you if you look at Casemiro's team of the tournament card, which is an equal 91 rating, the team of the tournament card has got plus 10 pace, plus two shooting, plus two passing, plus two dribbling, and plus one defending. Is it a bit too stingy from EA not to at least replicate that? Oh, it's kind of feeding into our next subject on conspiracy theories, isn't it? But how are the, <laughs> these two cards are both rated 91? I, I do not understand. Um, yeah, it's... It should, like you say, it should be exciting to pack a or to get team of the week cards in your weekend league or, or wherever you get them. And they just seem to be, they're just used for fodder now, aren't they? And It's, in, it's investment. I know yeah, that's why it. Dan's lining up the Talisca because he's looking at that and thinking that's an investable card. It will become fodder, high invest. Ronaldo special comes out, bang, Dan's in profit. You make that sound like it's a bad thing, Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be like, oh, yeah, it's an interesting looking card for my pocket. Hold on, let me just open up my Scrooge McDuck vault of informs and and dive in. Uh... (laughs) Take my profits. But no, look, you, you are absolutely right. They are a great tool for investing. And I think that is about it. And I think that is 
something that EA desperately needs to address. I think what's disappointing, chaps, is that it's been two weeks since EA came out and said, oh, we realise Team of the Week isn't getting boosted enough. We're going to make two of them special and we're going to give them enhanced boost. And then we're into the second week and it and Tim, it's already fallen flat. It's it's really it's really not good, is it? It's just when you think the game's all right and there's some good players come out, uh, EA do this. And I love actually their tweet. They you know EA often tweets these exciting remarks regarding new teams, and they say, "Oh, new primary positions. That means new squad building options." And then the only player you can think you'd want is Kounde, and you still can't play a centre back. So it's just a <laughs> it's just a letdown, isn't it? Let's be honest. New SBC squad building opportunities, it should have been rephrased as. <laughs> um, so let's move on for Team of the Week. Uh, there, there's nothing really to talk about there. It is what it is. Um, you know, if you get, at least if you get Kunde, you might make a little bit of coins, but otherwise not a lot. Uh, the only other news item that I wanted to bring up just before we get into Conspiracy Corner is this Team of the Year icons concept that uh, has appeared in the code and seems to be coming. I mean, Tim... After what we saw with the World Cup icons, does this excite you? Yeah, I love the look of the card as well. That is a really nice looking card. Um, and I've still, got, I've still got the World Cup Schweinsteiger in my team as well, and he's still doing the job for me. I, as long as they pick the right players, um, and as long as they don't make them so unattainable that they're, they're just that Ronaldo level, I'll never get one. Um, yeah, I'm quite excited about it, to be honest. Nice, Aaron. Yeah, um, I really I thought the World Cup icons that they did were pretty cool, actually. Um, so I think anything that's a slight play on that, um, give slightly different boosts, maybe see slightly different players get elevated. Um, I think it's pretty, always pretty exciting. And I think you know the Bobby Moore card stands out for me. Um, I thought that was pretty cool because he's so historically unusable. And they did a nice, and they made him reusable, and I think that's that that's that that is a good a good thing to 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 bring in, um, and it's recognising the players' contributions through different phases of their career. You know, some of these have had stellar careers and should be recognised at like a team of the year level, as should have the World Cup. So I I I, I, I like it. Um, I have zero icons though, so <laughs> I'm really? I'm more invested. I'm, I heroes heroes for me. Well, look, I think the other good thing is is that if these enter packs, as we saw with the World Cup icons, it just gives those people that are saving packs that little bit something extra to, you know, to aim for and hopefully pack because we all know how difficult getting one of those magical blue cards is in Team of the Year. But look, we're plenty more on Team of the Year coming up over the next couple of weeks. So let's move in. Let's cue the X-Files music. You know, I'll be Mulder. Who wants to be Scully and who wants to be... What was the guy, what was the head of the, their office called? It was, was, his, it, was a, it was a smoking man, wasn't there? That's, uh, I remember him, but I don't think he was oh, the head of the boss. Office. X-Files fans are screaming at their, their radios now, and I can't remember. Anyway, because that, that setup has fallen completely flat. <laughs> Let's talk conspiracy, Aaron, because you uh, you, you brought this, uh, this tweet up to me, and uh, I thought, yeah, let's go for it. So explain why we are delving into Conspiracy Corners today. The, the tweet summarised was... Once completing an SBC or a player's SBC goes expired, do EA nerf the card? And your initial reaction to this was? Nope. Okay, and that thus ends Conspiracy <laughs> Corner. Thanks for joining us today, everybody. No, come on, so, del- del- come on, elaborate. Why? Why have you? Why have you said no? So, uh, 
last so last year I would have felt yes it was the case but last year I felt like I was heavily investing all the time constantly changing my team constantly looking for the new players to come out so I think something in my head was almost telling me that my that player is now less effective also when a new player comes out you pretty much face it all the time in the, in opponents teams and what naturally subconsciously players will do is they always try and pass that player. So it will naturally feel like that player is scoring more goals against you because they're trying to find him. So you're like, oh, God, this player feels so overpowered. Then all of a sudden, after a couple of weeks, drops off. New players are out, see less of them. They don't play specifically to them. You notice it less. This year, I've been more selective with my SPCs. Um, and I know we're going to talk about, well, we won't have time today to talk about like team building approach and stuff. But essentially, I've done less. But the ones I've gone for, I felt would last longer. and they all still perfectly effective for me. If anything, I actually felt feel like I've adapted more to them and they feel stronger because I found a way to play their strengths, tweak my tactics to get more out of them. I just think it's a, it's a mind it's a mind thing. I don't I don't don't get me wrong. I think over like four three or four months, your players will won't feel as good, but naturally the power curve has gone up. So I, I, yeah. So that's that's where that's essentially why. But I think there may be some factors to consider. Is looking at that even that Cas- Casemiro card, right? Nine, same rated player, very different attributes that have been boosted. So naturally, the two players are going to feel very different. Hence, why sometimes I think when you look at SBCs, is I look less at the that, that face number and I look more at the, uh, the the stats that have been boosted because that will essentially tell you how a player will feel, and some will naturally feel better. Um, body types, uh, like their defensive work rate, attacking work rate, um, you know, some of the attributes around agility, balance, composure. This I mean, some strikers just feel like they can't score, whereas others just feel like they can tap the ball and it goes in. But that's because some of their tweaks are slightly different. It's a, it's a for me, hundred percent myth. Yeah, this tweet's uh, give credit as well. It was from Jake underscore Foot Trading on Twitter who put it out, and also Walter Skinner was their boss in the X Files. Wikipedia tells me, just to close the loop on that. Um, Tim, where do you stand on this? Do you think that players do get a, a subtle nerf? Uh, I'm not a big conspiracy theorist. Um, I do think EA is run by green lizards. Um, but I think that's the reason. <laughs> <laughs> but no. Um... Don't, don't bring facts into conspiracy corner. <laughs> oh yeah, it's meant to be conspiracy theories, isn't it? No, I thought Aaron was really interesting, actually. You made a good point. Last year, I would have 100% agreed with this. And I think it's because the power curve last year was too fast. So within about two weeks, you needed to change your players because um, the, the new players that were out were so much better than the ones we had. But I do think that this year, uh, EA are doing a better job of, of slowing the curve down. And it is, it's about experience, isn't it? I think, like Aaron said, if you use a new player, I was using Jairzinho first few matches I thought he was incredible because I kept on passing the ball to him and I was trying skill moves and things I wouldn't normally try and then once you've got a different new player to 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 try around with he kind of disappears into the background and just you know feeds whoever your new player is but I've still got Robbie Keane in my squad and he's still incredible he's still scoring he's the highest scorer every single game uh, highest scorer every weekend league and if I'm not careful I'll replace him because I want someone shiny and new but he still does the job. Yeah, and I, I've got an example of a player very similar, and this is a player that came out um, very early doors. Um, although I can't find him. To, it was the Arnautovic um, dynamic duo. So he's relegated to the bench now, right? But 
this just goes, and this is just in the past couple of weeks, so I've upgraded with the winter wildcards. You know, he had 286 goals in 500 games. So, you know, well used, very reliable. And actually, I tried to drop him a few times, but I couldn't because there was something about his size and his work rates that just fit my team really well. And I actually, I struggled to get Morientes in because Morientes just didn't have that same feel. So, but I never looked at my team and thought, oh God, he's so behind the power curve now. He's like a November player. Like, no, he was still scoring, still pretty reliable. So, you know, he's 85 rated and he's in what, like the two months old. So like, you know, no chance. Yeah, I think yeah. Again, I, I'm very much in with with the two of you in in terms of uh, yeah. I, I I find it very hard to to buy into a conspiracy theory like that. I think it's the psychology, isn't it? You, you get a shiny new player and you get that boost of oh, he's new, he's going to do something great, and like you say, maybe you're funneling play through him so he seems better. Then it settles in, and maybe you've got two or three other new players and you're like oh, you know, I'm not not playing with this new toy anymore. And also, it can be frustration as well because. You know, we often talk about it and, the, you know, the benefits of foot coaching is that foot coaching will teach you how to just be better at the game. And, and they will teach and they will look at areas where you're not doing so well, areas you can improve on, tactics to get you better. And it's a, it's a practical means of getting you to a next level. Often we can convince ourselves that, you know, oh, we're just one player away. You know, I'm just that one pack pull that one SBC away from going from 11 to 14 wins and as John and Chris were saying on Monday it's, that just doesn't really happen no matter who the player is so you can start to get frustrated and sort of manifest that on that SBC player as oh I, I spent all that money on him and he's, he's suddenly not good now and it's like no it's not it's just that you know you've just settled back into a, your normal style and unless you've invested either you know through a professional service like foot coaching or you've gone away yourself and worked on something it's just not really going to get a lot better. The same way if you go out and buy a new golf club, a new shiny top-of-the-line golf club, yeah, it's probably going to help you a little bit. But at the end of the day, if your backswing is in, is a mess, it's you know, you're still going to end up shanking the ball a lot of the time. So, yeah, I think, I, I'm I think not what, the, Sorry, go on, Aaron. I was going to say, I think what also happens is new players do come out and you'll face them. And I'm basing it on when I face players. I think sometimes you... And even I have to go through an adjustment curve and how to play against them. Because the Jarzinho card, for example, come up against them a few times. But when that SBC came out, it came up against them a lot. And you've got to be careful playing against him because he's very, very agile, very, very quick. So you, you, you can't really steam in. You have to defend slightly differently because he's so agile. So I had to adjust. And once I have now adjust, I think, right, probably nine times out of ten, if he's your next passing option, you're going to pass to him. So I know that. So I prepare for that and then I know right I'm also not going to steam in I'm going to be more cautious and then I'm going to go for the tackle like I've seen it with the Vieira card as well when that came in from the World Cup you know it felt like you passed in the middle and then like he got he his interceptions are good his tackling's really good his strength is really good so but if I kept playing and didn't adjust to that so what did I do well, I just didn't pass where he was and then all of a sudden he's not a problem because I'm now adjusting to the opponent that I've got if someone's like got a really fast attacking line, I think, right, I've got to be more cautious on my defence. And naturally, I'm adjusting throughout the game. Because if I just go in headstrong, playing exactly the same, yeah, obviously it's going to seem like these players are like, these cards are really, really good. But they, they kind of, like, there's not really, there are some ones who are just like brilliant. Your Van Dyke card, Gold Van Dyke card is literally the best defender on the game. 
I, I, I've, I've recently put him in the team because every time I faced him, oh my God, what a defender. He's like two in one. Like I've seen, I've played opponents who've literally, he's been further forward than the attacker closing me down. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah, he's what an incredible card. So there are some like, just some really consistently good cards that you think you're okay, but you, you can't really figure them out. But most of them, especially newer ones, you kind of can. And if if that was the case on like cards blue depreciating in quality, why is that Van Dyke card still so good? I like how you've said he's literally the best cut. Gold Van Dyke's literally the best card in the game. His like 92 rated World Cup <laughs> stories card is just sat there going, hey, it's come not on. Good, I'm better than him. <laughs> come on. Um, but no, I, 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 I absolutely take the point. Um, so look, I think we're going to... We're going to close this X-File. We're going to compl- close this conspiracy theory. It's going to get a stamp of no from he- us here in Foot and Review for the time being. But if you've got your own thoughts, let us know. Let's move on to the mailbag. We have had a question in from one of our lovely co-hosts, the Foot Teddy Bear, the former coach slayer, Grandpapa Mac, Chris. He says, question for the pod. Are we reaching the sweet point of the game? For the next few months, high-level goals coexist with special cards. The teams are still varied before we enter the Mad Max end game of TOTS slash 99 red cards. Or will EA still be able to hold the power curve in check for a lot longer than normal? Tim, what do you think? Yeah, um, I can entirely understand why he's asked this question. Um, I can't really remember what promos there were last year between Team of the Year and Team of the Season. It's kind of like that period between Christmas and New Year. It's just a bit invisible, isn't it? Um, so, so, uh, I actually was thinking of earlier today I was thinking do I open my packs at team of the year and then save the rest for team of the season and just not bother opening packs in that middle period because uh, none of the cards ever seem quite as good and they don't make you anywhere near as excited as team of the year and team of the season does so it, it does seem like and there's a lot of people that actually log off the game after team of the year as well isn't there because that's the pinnacle for them and then they're done that's not me I'm too addicted but yeah, I can understand why why he asked that question. Aaron? Uh, not for me personally. Um, it does feel like a pinnacle, but how can it be a pinnacle after like three or four months of the game being out when given that they'll keep pushing promos into the week before the new game comes out again? Um, I think some factors will be what players make team of the year and their kind of popularity. I think in previous years where you've had the likes of Messi, Ronaldo, Mbappe, De Bruyne, you know, it feels like, wow, it's like the, the pinnacle of like players' careers and and the team of the year reflects that. But Ronaldo, he's not even in the nominees, is he? No, he's not. So, so okay, so does that carry the same hype? I mean, people have looked, people are like been loving Ronaldo's career for so long. Does it now carry the same hype of people? People are obviously going to be invested, but I do think it comes down to some of the players that are in it. Um, I also think that EA will keep the power curve. They'll have to healthy. I think future um, cards will continue to look, will, will be probably on par, or there'll be some within promos that are on par. Not all, we know that, but there'll be. There'll have to be. I still think my favourite promo is the future stars. That does come, I think, relatively quickly after. Um, or a variation of it um, so that could be pretty cool um, they've done a few other ones over the years I think, I think in between but you're right they are pretty non-events so uh, I 
I won't pack a team of the year. I never have. I never will. My luck is just not like that. I've not packed a player for. Oh, that's a lie. I packed a Bastoni actually this week. Um, out of the Centurions, but before that, I haven't packed. I didn't pack for a full promo period. Um, so yeah. Uh, didn't, didn't you pack like Pele this time last year? Oh, it was a couple of years, two years ago. Oh, okay, sorry. No, I was no. and that was Icon swaps as well. But yeah, that was uh, a good year. That was a good year. I've been a bit better this year, actually. I've had good few tradables and some untradables. Uh, but I'm not I'm not really too fussed, to be honest. I like it. I, I, I see what Chris is saying. Um, and I think, Tim, you, you kind of touched on it as well. It, it's nice because this is that period where you can build a, a quite a varied team from and, and pretty much every promo team is still viable. I mean, maybe Rule Breakers is starting to get a little bit hairy, but Gold's, you know, for cards that you could buy on day one with what, three months, well, not quite three months, two months into the, well, we are actually three months into the game and you can still use them. Whereas very quickly you do get to that end of season point and it's like, you can't use anything from before tots other than icons and every team starts to have four or five players that are exactly the same. So I kind of get what Chris is saying and I, I do really like this period for that reason so keep those questions coming in again patreon.com forward slash foot and review gets you in the discord you can ask those questions and of course you can follow us on socials as well we are at foot coaching is the place to go and we mentioned foot coaching as well footcoaching.com again if you do want to get to that next level of the game speak to the guys there it's a growing team fantastic range of programs available and again even if it's just an inquiry to figure out what they do and you know how much it might cost just hit them up on socials at foot coaching right before i let the two of you go i just wanted to just ask you where you are in fever as we head into team of the year tim starting with you how's your team looking and where are you looking to hopefully boost it in these next couple of weeks i i'm actually really happy with my team it's fully untradeable now uh, i've got all but one gold all but one uh promo cards that's uh, gold edison in goal everyone else is a promo card now um, I took Van Van Dyke out, Aaron, and I do regret it. I think I'm gonna have to put him back in. <laughs> I've got I've got Laporte, that special Laporte card, and Maldini, and even with those two, I'm I'm thinking Van Dyke might have to come back in. But um, now I've gone on tradable as well. I'm saving my coins. I'd like to get at least one big team of the year player. So I've got two million stashed away uh, from some serious trading over the last few months. Uh, so hopefully that'll buy me at least one decent team of the year player to improve my squad. Who's the player you just really love playing with at the moment? Is it is it the sheriff himself, Robbie Keane? Oh, still, sheriff can't get can't get by the sheriff, can you? He's just he's my top goal scorer every week. Um, but that Tony Cruz card as well, that winter wild card, Tony Cruz. He's um, he runs the midfield for me. Yeah, I, I love that card. Hey, a very very tough duo to get through. Aaron, what about yourself? Any major team tweaks in the last few weeks, or any players that you've discovered other than Virgil Van Dyke that you're in love with? Uh, yeah, so I've uh, I've invested in a bit of some of the Foot World Cup FIFA World Cup heroes, and uh, the Winter Wild Cards. I thought was a good promo, um, so I went after a few of them as well. Um, within my team now, I've got Fabio, the right back, Eric Bailly, the centre back, Payet, Lacazette. Uh, I'm still rocking Rafael Leal, uh, Player of the Month. He's still really, really good. Govu, right wing. Uh, who else I've got midfielder oh, the Bellagarde midfielder very How very good very very good for me he's one of those and we'll talk more about at some point in the future shows around like approaches to squads but he for me is a for the 
he he feels much better than the value. So I think I've got a really good. And for me, I like players who are really mobile in midfield. He's brilliant. And uh, my favourite player currently isn't Van Dijk. It's uh, Dirk Kouts, the uh, World Cup hero. Oh my God, what a card that is. And for his price, I don't know why everyone doesn't have him in their team. He plays centre mid, get forward. Well, he's, not, he's only on balance in a 4-4-2. His timing of runs is up there with Flank Lampard and his finishing is incredible. Uh, I, and, and then if he doesn't finish, he's like Kante getting back. Like, I, I literally cannot wax lyrical more about this card. I mean, I'm so I'm so grateful for Dan's trading advice. It's got me up to a point where I could have invested in him. What, like what a card, so Your five it's, long it's long shots of have punished me time and time again yeah. from it's, anywhere. It just seems like everything he can, he's he's everywhere, and he, I just like he is one of those players. It's just like is incredible. And I look, I spent a lot of time actually looking through his attributes and came up against him quite a lot. He always seemed to score. Um, you know, he's, he is a, he's better as a centre midfielder, but everything about that card is just for me perfect. Work rates, attributes, like I can't ask for any more. What a card! I have been praising that man for weeks. I feel guilty because he got dropped from my team when Pae came out, and now he's been dropped for a certain <laughs> Zinedine Zidane. So, <laughs> yeah, he's I like I like a hard working like midfield and who can kind of get forward and do stuff. So that that's a nice little trade off. Payet's up front with Lacazette. So that kind of works. Govu and uh, Leao on the wings. If I switch into like a 4-3-3 or 4-2-3-1 or whatever, they, it all kind of works together because Payet comes from deep. Kyle comes from deep in a 4-3-3. Like it's just punishing that. I, you know, a lot, a lot of rage quits against opponents when you're like 3 left after 10 minutes. It's like, <laughs> see ya. And you're right. They never see it coming from Dirk Cow either. It's just like, and you just no, know they're raging. Yeah. So there we go. So um, I'm pretty happy with where my team is actually at the moment. I've got about 800k set aside. I'm not going after a team of the year. I've got a decent amount of fodder. I'm kind of waiting for a, a decent SBC. I've considered like either Zidane or Jairzinho or the Maldini. But right now I'm looking at my team and thinking, am I struggling? Do I really need to make a change? No. So I'm just going to hang fire for now. Very good here. And Belagrad has got uh, three days left as we record this on Wednesday night. So yeah, you've still got a few days to do him if you haven't done. And that's a glowing endorsement from Aaron there. Uh, I've mentioned I've added Zidane to my squad. Again, those people uh, tuning in to my Twitch, Wimby86, shameless plug. I've, I've waited 46 minutes to plug my Twitch today. So that's done quite well. Um, he's just... I absolutely understand why he's 1.4 million, but I absolutely understand why people say he's not worth 1.4 million. There will be phases of the game where you're like, he's not doing anything. He's a bit trucky. He's not doing anything. And then he will just play. And I posted it to my Twitter earlier. He'll play just the most exquisite pass out of nowhere. And you'll be like, this is why I play football games. It's not for the meta guy that's always there for the sweaty cutback. It's to see somebody, an idol of the game, split a defence with a through ball. So again, if you're prepared to put up with a little bit of non-metaness, I highly recommend getting him done. I also packed, speaking of metaness, Kimpembe, very good defender, as you would expect, justifies the price tag. Do I think he's the best defender in the game? No. Do I think he's one of the most well-rounded? Absolutely. So I don't think I would go out and buy him on the market, but certainly if you manage to wind up with him untradeable, a very good option. If he does dip in price over the next couple of months, I would say 
pick him up as well. And just finally, gents, one question each uh, before we let you go. Uh, tactics wise, what are you playing tactics wise? Aaron, start with you. Uh, I start four four two. I play that for about a half. Or if I if I go one nil down, I'll generally change then to four three three with a false nine and kill and Tim. Four two three one to start for me, and if that's not working, it's the four three two one. Uh, it's just a very oh, open formation. <laughs> yeah, I kind of like. Here we go. He's got to the end of the show. Now yeah. the rattiness is coming hey, out. You said honesty with me. I'm going to have to be honest. It is, uh, yeah, it, it does the job. So why wouldn't I use it? But the 4231, I enjoy a lot more. No, I like it. Gents, thank you both very much indeed for your company today. Tim, you've successfully passed the audition. <laughs> so now we can start the real recording. Hello, everybody. It's <laughs> Wednesday, the 11th of January. No, no. Yeah, no. I'm going now. No. <laughs> <laughs> Don Brittley, thank you so much um, for, for everything, except for inadvertently setting Aaron off on a, on a course that has now alienated our Everton listeners. Yeah. <laughs> I don't regret that, funnily enough. Oh, being a Liverpool yeah. fan. <laughs> I love it. He's getting the, you know, you've been, you've been well behaved the whole show and you, you, you know, now you, now you safely take that book in late on. Um, no, genuinely, thanks for getting you on. We'll definitely get you back. Um, best of luck. Hopefully you do get that team of the year card. Aaron, absolute pleasure to speak to you again as always, my friend. Likewise. Thanks for having me on. Again, footcoaching.com for your info thank you again to all of our patrons patreon.com forward slash foot in review had some new faces pop up in the discord just a a fantastic environment to come into always somebody available for things like trading advice tactics advice team building advice or just for general chit chat at any point of the day a personal thank you to everyone who's followed me and supported me on twitch i'm really enjoying that Um, again wimby86 for there my streaming schedule is erratic but i'm usually on at some point most of the day we will be back on friday with a review of the second team in foot centurions john will be on with a co-host to be confirmed, uh, Ingvi unfortunately has some technical issues in the past couple of weeks, including spilling water on a laptop. So uh, he's currently on the uh, the injured, the podcast injured list, I guess you would call it. But uh, maybe things will get resolved. But if not, John will be back with another co-host. We're off to ride off into the sunset uh, and hide from Everton fans. One thing left to do, gents. So I can start with you, Aaron. Drop it. Tim. Yeah, let's drop it. We are going to drop it. Drop it. F U T. F U T. F F F U T. F U T. T T. In view. F U T.